Decorating Pages is a podcast dedicated to taking you behind the scenes of the designs of your favorite TV shows and films. Each episode, I'll be sharing design stories from some of Hollywood's most famous sets, interviews from set decorators, production designers, directors, and actors about creating the look of TV and film, about their design inspirations, and stories that take sets from page to screen. Hello, and welcome to Decorating Pages. I'm your host, Kim Wanup. In this episode, we'll be talking to art director, production designer, Adam Rao. We'll be talking about how he got into TV and film, some behind-the-scenes stories of designing Dexter, his design inspirations, and some advice for people trying to get into the business. Make sure you go to the website decoratingpagespodcast.com to see corresponding pictures of this interview under the episode blog. Adam Rao is an art director and production designer in television. His credits include art director for the TV shows House, Criminal Minds, Dexter, Parks and Recreation, more recently American Crime Story Versace, and XQ Super School Live. He has also production designed episodes of Criminal Minds, Dexter, and the long-running Rizzoli and Isles. He is a current member of the Television Academy Production Design Peer Group. He has been nominated for an Art Directors Guild Award in 2014 for Parks and Recreation and is currently working with me on the third season of The Good Place. Along with being a very talented designer, he's one of my favorite people to work with because of his positive attitude. I'm also a really good liar. Yes. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> I'm glad. I'm glad to know that. Uh, let's, let's start with how did you get into production design? Um, so the long story is too long for this, but the abridged version is I was very, not very good at being an engineer back when I was in school. Um, I used to design waterways for Route 80 in the middle of Illinois. Oh, wow. Yeah. It's very boring. As I was a, I was an intern, so I wasn't like an engineer per se. So I couldn't do the physics. Um, I didn't have the courage to tell my parents that I couldn't do it. So I like basically... Not failed my way through, but I didn't do well in the sciences or math. So I needed an alternative major, and I switched to theater um, in my junior year because it was all I could afford right. uh, after going through two years of engineering school. And um, did theater for quite a while. I was a painter and moved to Los Angeles against my own will uh, in 2006 after being a traveling scenic artist. I traveled all over from Florida all the way to La Jolla Playhouse in Indiana. Oh, that's fun. It was fun, actually. I lived out of my car, and I probably could have kept doing it, except my taxes got complicated and friends. This is pre-Facebook, really. Right. Pre-social pre, pre, um, media. Pre-social media. No one knew where you were. No, and I hardly knew where I was. And so I landed here. And my first job was working in print ads with a guy named Ron Zacker, who's very cool, and moved my way up through that world and then just started getting television gigs and then finally tasted the blood of scripted television through the TV show Mad Men. And that was my first PA job in the art department there in 2006, seven. And that paved my way for my career. Um, I People have told me to take Mad Men off my resume because I'm now no. a production designer. And it's like, it's all no. anybody still wants to talk about. So oh, until yeah. it doesn't like resonate in an interview, I'm going to leave it on. So that's kind of yeah. how I landed in television production design. That was 2007. And then over the course of, you know, the next X amount of years, I just kept moving up and aggressively saying yes to just about any job. Right. I did... Uh, 
production design for a sex toy late night show. <laughs> nice. I, yeah, it was that I didn't fun. I didn't see that on your. <laughs> I don't keep that one online. Uh, that's just for things like this. <laughs> um, but yeah, I did. I, I did. A, I've done a lot of really random jobs. You know, any way that I could get work to kind of keep exposing myself to different forms. I think I, I would I would say that you probably would agree that you, you have no idea how many different jobs we can have until you start saying yes to the weird jobs that you can have. Uh, absolutely. And every job that you have, even though you think it's minuscule, you learn something that helps you along the way. Yeah, you pick up a, you pick you know, it up. a contact or you pick up a new place that you've never been or yeah. a place that sells things that you didn't know people sold. Um, the fact that there's Christmas shops open year-round in yeah. Los Angeles, I wouldn't have known that without doing, you know, Christmas in July style shows. Mm-hmm. So that, ultimately, you know, people have asked me, would I do movies? Well, of course I would do movies. Who wouldn't want to do Harry Potter? Who wouldn't want right. to do that? But I really like television. I, I really, love TV. I like how it's quick. Yeah. Um, you know, it's kind of a morbid thing to think about but I like that television dies quickly you know you're never really thinking about things for super long periods of time where movies granted I haven't done them but listening to people talk about thinking about the Great Wall of China for six months ten months it's it's almost that thing of I wish I had more prep time and then when you do get more prep time you're like didn't we shoot this yet Aren't we done with this? Right, and the more time you have to think about <laughs> the it, the more, more time, time you change it. Yeah. And then the, and sometimes changes modern things up. I mean, I can't tell you how many great ideas have been, you know, messed up by too much time, in my opinion. Some of the most spontaneous, wonderful things I've done have happened in 25 minutes. Yeah. And I think design-wise, when you, sometimes when you have too much prep, you linger on these details that you shouldn't be lingering on because you made that decision already. Right. And I think that's one of the key things in television that we make such quick decisions that it's a blessing in a sense that we don't have to keep going over it in our heads. And I, I think that I w- I'd love to do a movie too, but I do see, I love television much more. Yeah. So I agree. With I you. also feel like the, the long format, the marathon style um, I don't know why there's a part of me that really enjoys at least, it's probably just job security. It's probably that basic, but yeah, I'm <laughs> not true. looking for a new job. Although movie jobs can last a really long time. I, living with a character for that long, understanding what their house is like, and then they yes. move and what does their house become like and who comes into their life and how does a baby change it? Yeah. You know, those are all things that a television show explores, I think. Oh, definitely. And you get to grow with that character. Mm-hmm. You decorate or design with that character like through seasons. And that, that is one of the things I love because I love to stay with the season, the show, as long as it, like I'm a finisher. Yeah. <laughs> like I just want to, I kind of want to like watch them grow mm-hmm. and, and decorate with them. Yeah. I've actually bounced around a lot. I have the long, the longest I stayed with the show was, well, I stayed for 60 episodes of Criminal Minds. And that show isn't necessarily that the characters didn't grow. It's just that they focus on the kind of murder of the week more than right. they do the long term. Um, I did Dexter, but that was split up. But Rosolian Isles was the show that I was on the longest and grew with that show. And I grew up as well. I mean, they were incredible to hire me as a production designer when the previous one left. And I took over. And that was, I, they knew that I was growing. And the whole show was kind of growing all along. Um that was a good one. You bring up Dexter. With that show, did you have a favorite set there? 
Well, the the very first set that I got to design on that show is one that I still love. Um, it was I can't remember the name of the character now. He was the protege photographer. Um, do you remember the show very well? It was I, in the last season. I didn't watch the last. But he has a loft apartment, and the the challenge to that set was not necessarily the design of it. That was fairly easy in the sense that it looked had to look cool, and the kid had a lot of money, and. Um, it was that we had to tie it to an exterior that was really close to the lot. And oh. for people who don't know what that means, like obviously you're, you're going to have a night stalking scene. It's Dexter and he's probably going to kill this person. You know that even if the story isn't leading on to that. Or you need to be prepared for that because if a producer comes to you and says, we got to do an exterior and you don't have a plan for that, you've right. screwed yourself. So You have to be one step ahead of that and, and think what, what could they possibly write and, and the design of it, how can I make that work for us? Right. Yeah. And so finding the exterior that was within a certain parameter of the lot and that looked like Miami-ish, which has now been turned into that really high-end meeting space um, right next to Sunset Gower. It's not the... Um, Is it like a live-work? No, no. It's the, it's the, You pay a per month to have office space there. It's a creative oh. workspace. Oh, nice. I can't think of the name of it right now. But anyway... Um, we found that place and then that informed the rest of the set, you know, that, that actually made it different. I do want to say a little bit ago, I talked about spontaneity. Mm -hmm. Um, I said 25 minutes to make something. I want, I think it's important to point out to people that that is generally what we get. I mean, that's not like, that's not exaggeration. That is, that is what you are up against in our world. And that set that I'm speaking of in Dexter, I'm fairly sure came out of a very quick meeting. They're like, we need to build this. We're not going on location because of X, Y, and Z. And that's how most of the sets operate, even in comedy, not just in murder drama, mm-hmm. is like how much page count is in there. And that doesn't always get decided until the last minute. No, And we could spend tons of time on a set and design the hell out of it and decorate it. And it's an eighth of a page. Mm-hmm. Oh. And, and, for me, it's the challenge to give every set that same amount of effort because it gets really, you know, sort of like, why should we focus so much on a set that no one's even going to see? But I think for us, too, it's still our job. It's still our passion. So we want to get it done. We want to get it, like, as real as possible, as as close to whatever the script is and and still do it within 25 minutes. Right. Yeah. I, mean, I I don't I think you were on the season of Veep where they would it was a she was campaigning and there was a drugstore that had been converted yes. into like a campaign. Yes, we did. Th- that. that was one of my favorite sets of that season and I don't I think that was used for a really small amount of time, yeah, wasn't it? Yeah. I mean, that we I think we had 2 weeks to prep it and get it going. And it was a standing set that I think was in two episodes. Mm, okay. But it was I but it was supposed to be all season. Oh, and, okay. and they never went back into it. They just kept them on the road, and they just kept them. But I, I think we shot in there too, maybe three times, and that was a huge set. To it was dress. huge, and it was beautiful. And to design, I mean, it was a, it was a great like the the aging of the place and everything that they did, and yeah, that that it is frustrating, but mm-hmm. <laughs> you don't, you can't give up. <laughs> I, when I was, I so I did last Tycoon last year with Patricia von Brandenstein, who was I took the job because I wanted to learn from her. Mm-hmm. And Lauren Polizzi, who was our director as well, they were both very good teachers. And 
it doesn't really matter, at least in her mind, I think. I don't want to quote her because she never said anything like this, but it doesn't really matter how with the page count, if the writers have written, it's got to look amazing. And if right. it means it's big, it's big. It doesn't, you, you can't necessarily put cost against page count when something is important to a character or a story. Yeah. Um, the, you know, shooting of the Oscars at the end of the, the series it had to be the Oscars, and it had to be 1930, whatever right. it was. So it was, it was going to cost what it was, was going to cost. That show was beautiful. It was beautiful. And it's so done. frustrating that it got yes. let go because and, – and, and Matthew Bomber's beautiful. Yeah. Well, yeah. <laughs> why why did you just want to watch him? Something nice to look at. Some eye candy yeah. on our sets. I mean, why not? Yep. Yeah. That is – that, and but that's painful. That's mm-hmm. a painful thing of like, God, this beautiful – like with Veep, all of these sets – they're all new sets next season. Like, it's all new. Like, I don't even know if we'll go back to those those sets that you spend so much time on. It's just, it's it hurts my feelings. Mm-hmm. But you still give it 100% because it's your work. It's your, it's well, what speaking, you're there for. Speaking of percentages, you're basically, I would say, the art department in general and set deck together. I don't know how well people know how they differ or merge or not. But basically, people creating scenery have a 50% chance of being wrong. They right. can talk and talk and say this is the best angle or the director says they're going to look this way because of the light, but it could be cloudy that day or the right. DP feels this way or the actor wants to motivate this way or a new line gets put in and it shifts the whole direction and you can't always make everything look beautiful But and that can be the kind you know where your yeah. feelings get hurt. It's like, oh, I made this look great. But then you have to kind of learn how to divorce your emotions from it because the probability of being wrong is actually high, I have found. Oh, yeah, and the... The trust that we put into, we're only going to see these two walls, and then they do get to a location or something, and then they turn the camera around, Mm -hmm. and it's so hurtful in a sense of, like, I could have done that, or I could have made that look better if I had known. I always find that frustrating, and then I get mad yeah (laughs) but you know we I mean one of the things that I learned on Versace that I felt like was interesting like you talked about how every show you learn something the thing that I will take away from Versace for years is that that story at the end well most of the story is fictionalized because they don't really know what he was thinking but that he was alone and they don't know what he was doing outside of his evidence so you had to dress a set knowing that they were going to film it from any angle possible we had to create the set knowing that they could shoot it at any angle possible. Right. And we hardly had any time to prep it. We hardly had any script. And it had to be finished. And at first when I got on the show, I'm like, why are they using real tile? And why are they using right. you know, all these real surfaces that on other shows you could get away with not using? It's because the camera could be right up against it. Or they could right. be shooting underneath the coffee table. Or they, you know, I remember there was a scene where he was flipping up couch cushions and we ripped all the tags off because you That's never know and well, it's it, like in the bedroom we built you built that whole bathroom yeah it's they never true. they never went in there and painstakingly the evidence and the the amount of research that goes into recreating real real houses sometimes is i i love that part i love doing research and everything and you try to find the right shade of the sofa or the the bed sheets and everything and then um you hope that they that they shoot it, mm-hmm. really, because it, that's our work. And that show, I felt like they did. They like did. The work that did. we did was they looked, they showed uh, yeah. it, and yeah. the show was beautiful, and it was shot beautifully, it was lit beautifully. That was the lesson I took away from that. Is just when when you know the director or the writer is going to want it, you have to finish it. Yeah. What classic movies do you think are iconic in design? Oh gosh, that's huge. 
a classic movie. I mean, what's interesting is I'm 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 going to say that The Goonies is not oh, necessarily oh, yeah. classic, but I would say that you know, people yeah. would never put that in that category, but for me, the iconography, that skeleton keyboard and that giant water slide canyon and the house at the beginning how it counterpoints the adventure later. I mean, it's the, so inspiring. It is. I I I can't even believe you said that. It's so inspiring. That one, I mean, in the Sound of Music, I know that's hokey, but it made mm. Austria and oh, it made yeah. that town and that house a character. Um, that's also kind of, you know, a cliche one. But those two movies, I think, are the first two that come to mind as far as, like, what is an icon. What is your favorite game show? Ooh, to watch or to design-wise? Design-wise. Well, I definitely remember the design for the one with all the suitcases being iconic. Like, that changed the way game shows looked oh, for right. a while. The one where the money and you had to count the, the suitcases. Yeah. I don't remember the name of that one. Deal or No Deal. Deal or Deal. That yeah. one changed Hell the way yeah. game shows looked for a while. Um, of course, the Wheel on Wheel of Fortune is like, well, no, sorry. It's easy. Price is right, actually. <laughs> Price is right is easy. <laughs> if you ever, before they renovated it, for people it, who don't know, it, it was trash oh. inside. It was like oh my God. Christmas lights on gold everything chain. Was, everything was some. It was dusty. Going back because I was I had it's dusty and it was like fake plants that had not been dusted for years. No, but they rolled them it right out. It looked like a stage. million bucks. I want to say that it looked <laughs> yeah, amazing. But they rolled it out on stage. That was before HD. Because <laughs> That's you true. could not roll that shit out. They there. updated that set because they had to because there's probably a fire trap. Um, everything <laughs> the above flammable them. curtains oh, could have gone up at any moment. I should say, too, I worked on game shows. And one thing that people don't know about game shows from the art department that really is tough is that those all of that stuff is legal. I mean, you are giving people prizes, so it has to be tracked, and envelopes have to, you know, they've screwed up on the Oscars. And that's, that's right. a, in game show world, too. And I did a game show called Big Saturday Night, and it was all about stunt gaming, like where people would be attached to, like, bungee cords and have to run in the opposite directions <laughs> to grab money. Where is You this? try telling a lawyer how to make that fair. Like, who knows? I mean, like, this was on, it was, a, it was on Game Show Network. It's a very uh-huh. short-lived game show. And the art department then having, that is when art and legal butt heads. Because you're like, I don't know how to solve this problem to make this game more safe. So, like, when game shows, like, Minute to Win It come around or. But why was safe, well, I guess. You well, just they have to, be, they have to be fair. So, like, you can't, I mean, I don't know if this was true or not. I'm trying to think of a good example of, like, but how to you make coming sure. up with the, with the. Like how the, it worked, yeah. But you weren't coming up with these two people running different. Co- no, the, no, the writer that was, department. So the writer, would, they did that. So it was li- it was a live game show on a Saturday night. On Tuesday, we would get a list of like ten games that we would workshop by Wednesday, and then that would get pared down to like four games, and then that they would pick maybe three out of that. Oh wow! You know where we we'd have to like okay, how are we going to make a game where people are in wheelchairs and they have Velcro pizza and <laughs> someone's throwing the toppings at the other end? It's and like then, Double Dare. <laughs> it was like Double Dare. So all that has to be worked out, and then you have to go, okay, how much is this piece of pepperoni worth? 50 bucks. Okay, is it the same weight? Are all the pepperoni pieces the same weight? Because you can have a $50 piece that one person has that's lighter for the other person. It, all that stuff was like, oh, my God, pulled my hair out. But it was fun. It was a whole different kind of challenge. Anyway, that was a long answer. <laughs> no, no. I, I So because I have my friend Sean Page on, 
who does Wheel of Fortune. Oh, okay. And so we, I, it's one of the questions of like, you don't think about game shows as these like designed shows. No, I'm but, glad you brought it up. But we've all watched them. And I think that the, I think there's something about invoking in excitement in design that's a challenge. Mm-hmm. And I think it's really should be, it's, it should be recognized in, in a sense of those, those, I watch those and I want to be on that show. No, you're wanna, totally yeah. right. They, and they take and so much art department it's to hard. make, you have to make all that, all those prizes on prices, right? Have to look appealing week <laughs> after week. Like how do you make a scuba gear for two look nice yeah. when they send you a box full of stuff that you're like, I don't uh, even know what this is, yeah. you know? Are you going to talk about that you won? Um, I wasn't going to, yes. but you brought it up. <laughs> yes. Despite that, it, I, I guess I'm biased when I say it's my favorite game show because I did win in September two years ago. I was yeah. on, I guess, the price of a grill. My dad was very proud. Nice. And then, I hope he was proud. I think he was proud. <laughs> he was proud. And then I guessed whether or not fish fillets, I said fish sticks, and they were fillets. I think they changed it in post. And we're the same price as Asper Cream, and I won a trip to Maui, which I went on. Which is fantastic. It is. And anyone, you should go. If you've never been to L.A., when you come, yeah, go. It's so exciting. Go I've been right. there three times in the audience. Okay. But I've never been picked. <laughs> and every time my family comes, we go to Price Oh, you got to go. It's I'm I'm so blacked out. Ten years, I can't be on oh, it again. Well, nine like, or eight now. Well, that was <laughs> like... That was like Wheel of Fortune because I worked on it. Oh, really? You couldn't, you couldn't be a contestant for oh. 10 years. It's the same deal. I'm eligible now, but I don't know. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Price is right. I think it would be more fun than Wheel of Fortune. I think you have yeah. to audition to be on Wheel of Fortune. Yes, you do. What piece of information can you tell future production designers that would come in handy to them? Um, well, the first thing that comes to my head is that they should learn how to draw. I did not have art at the school that I went to because I was from a small part of Illinois, Ottawa, Marseilles, really. And I wish I would have learned to draw at an earlier age. I'm not saying that's a disadvantage or making excuses, but to be able to communicate by hand visually mm-hmm. um, is a very important tool. And I wish I would have learned how to do it as or watercolor the, or. As in sketching or like mechanical? Del- sketching. Sketching. Because if you, if you're, some production designers never have to draft. Um, oh, and yeah, I know. But almost every everybody actually, I think, in the art department, not designers excluded, has to hand draw something at some point. Yeah. And so, learning how to scale, learning how to draw anything, even if it's not mechanical, just sketching, I think, is important. What part of this process do you love? I think. Well, f- yeah, I guess I would say the people. Um, otherwise, I could have been an engineer, and I think that's why I didn't. Part of it. Um, when I was on Criminal Minds, which is one of the darkest, sinnerest, most sinister shows, the production meetings, I sat between Vincent Jeffords, the production designer, and the effects man, Andre, and we laughed through the entire season. (laughs) We should not have been laughing as hard as we were considering the content we were creating, but we had so much fun. The very first meeting we had two weeks ago, I turned to Ian and I was like, I'm so happy to be on this show. Funny people make funny and serious stuff, but it, it, being with fun people is why we, I think I do this work. I could do other things, I'm sure, but yeah. I don't know if I'd make a very good bank teller. <laughs> oh, I think you would. Because <laughs> like you said, you're a good liar. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you're balanced? Don't worry about it. <laughs> That's right. That's good. I don't know. I guess that, yeah, I guess it's the people. I think that, I think the thing goes back to where I was saying that it dies fast. 
when yeah. I was like 10, I wanted to design roller coasters and I wanted to be a fireman and I wanted to like do who knows how many things, design houses. And in this job, despite it wanting to pull my hair out and racing across town and ruining weekends and family events, <laughs> I love that I get to design one thing one week and the next thing the next, just having a conversation about a hilarious restaurant for the show. Right. And then 10 days ago, we were talking about a bridge. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, And then it's here. Yeah. And it's built and it's done and they'll shoot it and then in two weeks it'll be gone. I'm glad there are architects, but I couldn't wait 10 years to see a project be no, born. No, I couldn't do it either. That was I worked in an architecture film, and they were picking out furniture and tassels for pillows that they wouldn't see for two years, and I was like, I'm out. Yeah. I can't. I don't even know how you do it. How do you say I know. They have a different frame of mind, and I'm happy that they do it, and I'm yeah. jealous because in some ways, what a, an amazing thing to build a building that's forever or, yeah. you know, whatever. But, um I didn't have the stamina, I think, is ultimately yeah. what it came down to. I might be too a type A or too ADD or a mixture of both. And so having these things happen quickly is part of the joy. Well, you kind of answered. I was going to ask you what you hate about this. Oh, what do I hate? Well, for me, it's the there is a lot of sacrifice. I go to do tours and talk to students and people ask and them. You know, I'm in a healthy relationship that I love, but the divorce rates are high in our yeah. business and, you know, there's a giant sacrifice to be in such a fun, limelighty style career that like your personal life is a little bit sacrificed. I think that's the part that I don't like the most. Yeah. Um, it does take a toll. And early mornings. Early mornings are the worst, <laughs> man. I never, I'm, I'm such a night owl. I have totally picked the wrong occupation. I know, we have to get up so early. I don't think people get it. Like if we no. were to do a restaurant, we had multiple park and recreation. Uh, mornings that started at three and four because yeah. you buy the restaurant out, they start filming at seven, and you have to have it decorated and dressed or graphics applied, and you know, then you have to go through the rest of your day. Yeah, and then you still have meetings at the end of the day because it, production doesn't keep the same hours really that uh, we do. Mm -hmm. The art department keeps and set decoration department keeps different hours than even the shooting crew. We're there before them for setup. And then we're there after them a lot of times to um, clean up the mess <laughs> or yeah. take, take everything out of the, the location that we were shooting on. So we have much longer hours than other departments in, in TV and film. I think people don't realize, too, that I mean, people often ask, oh, were you there during filming? I have been, of course, for certain things. But generally speaking, if we're there, we're doing filming, it's too late. No. We, we screwed up something no. because I usually it's got to be done. If I'm there during filming, something went wrong. I shouldn't be there because I have to be on the next set or the next five sets. or I shouldn't be there. I see them rehearse and make sure that everything's there and if you have to move something for the flow of the scene. But other than that. I don't. I'm sure your listeners can relate to somebody walking into their house that's being renovated and they have a party coming or they want something to happen. That's what it's like if our yeah. set's not ready. Right. They showed up yesterday to a set that yeah. we weren't quite ready for. That was because they were three hours early right. <laughs> right. or two hours early, whatever right. it was. And yeah. it's agitating to everybody. Everyone's fine. Everyone's yeah. cool. But it's like you can only do that so many times because it's like we've got to have it ready so we can move on to the next thing. Yeah. That was 
They were early. They were early. And and they admitted it. And they were sorry. I made them (laughs) apologize. (laughs) And then I told them, don't ever do that again. (laughs) It causes so much anxiety. It is. Because all of a sudden, the cameras show up, and you're like, oh, my God, the flowers aren't right yet. Or uh, the graphics aren't right. Right. It's like someone walking in on you, and you're not ready for an event. I'm half-dressed here. (laughs) It's fun for you, but (laughs) 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 I'm hanging out. Adam. Yeah. Thank you so much. You're very welcome. This was fun. Yay. Oh, my God. I hope you have tons of listeners, and this does, you know, great oh, things for so. you. Uh, if you'd like to follow Adam, his Facebook is Adam Rowe, R-O-W-E. He is at R-O-W-E-A-12 on Twitter, and Rowe, Rowe, sorry. Yeah, that's okay. <laughs> so let's spell it, R-O-W-Y dot R-O-W-E. On Instagram. Go to Instagram. That's where the thing is nowadays, yeah. I guess. Yeah, I love Instagram. I got to get better at it. Because it's visual. You just yeah, like totally. it. I'm a picture person. Yeah. I keep saying the word picture pages. I'm bringing that back. Even though Bill Cosby's not PC <laughs> <laughs> right now. No, just let him go. People won't Yeah, yeah, no. I think picture pages needs to come back. I think you can start it right here. Yeah. Uh, thank you. You're very welcome. Thank you. Go, Kim. Adam is so much fun. I can't thank him enough for joining me. If you have any questions or comments, please reach out on the website, decoratingpagespodcast.com. Email me at kimwanup at decoratingpagespodcast.com if you have any questions or hopefully I can give you some answers. And please follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. There's even a Decorating Pages podcast group, so you have no excuse. I hope you got an earful. I'm Kim Wanup for Decorating Pages. 